This is the foggy voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time now for the food show. The food show? Yeah, that's right, the food show. Why not be a little different? That's the food show. You know what it is. Gee, if you don't know by now, I don't know what, how long it'll be before you get it. But not that I'm saying anything bad about you. I'm talking about that other guy. You know, we were talking about a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, we don't, but we don't hear from him anymore. So we, uh, anyway, backing up and going forward again, we talk about food, restaurants, cooking, wine, anything that sounds like it might be in one way or another related to those things. And we have a great deal of fun uh, talking about this because, well, a couple of really good reasons. One of them is that according to uh, the cover of a book that I uh, published about 10 years ago, this is America's best eating city. And you know what? I have not changed my mind about that. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know what your traveling has done for you, but... uh, I'll tell you what, the, the, the older I get, the happier I am with the local cuisine, which is no big surprise because one of my basic rules of finding great food is wherever you go, it could be this neighborhood instead of that neighborhood, this side of the street instead of that side of the street. It could also the dif- be the difference between here in New Orleans and uh, Paris. You know, no matter where you go, the food of that region will always be the best food that you can have in that place. And that's why whenever anybody comes to New Orleans and they come in here looking for, uh, let's say, lobster, you know, lobster is good. There's nothing wrong with it. And if you live here once in a while, you know, why not? But it's, uh, it's not like it would be if you were in New England where lobsters are everywhere and, and uh, you know, much better than you'll get here. So uh, just remember that whenever you're traveling anywhere, it's the food of the region. That's what you want. 260-6360 is our telephone number. We will uh, address absolutely anything on your mind having to do with the food scene around town about uh, the fact that, well, you know, we're coming up on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And if you are considering dining out on either one of those days, or for that matter, uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, uh, I would get reservations for that about uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I think you'll be able to find something because there are a fairly good number of restaurants out there. Although I will tell you uh, even, even bigger a problem, though, is that on Monday night, New Year's Eve, the restaurants are going to be packed, packed, packed. So you want to get a reservation pretty soon before that. And make sure if for one reason or another you uh, aren't going to be able to make it, please call the restaurant and tell them that. They're not going to get mad at you. They're going to be happy that you told them that because now they can sell off that, well, you know, give to uh, somebody else who's looking for a spot that can give you that one you had, you were on. If they didn't know you were not going to show up, uh, they, would, they, they would have that table just sitting there and people who would really love to be there just kind of like staring off into the void. So uh, 
anyway, um, all, all of this is leading up to uh, something that I have for you on my website today. In addition to the usual articles, I put it out every day for free. If you go to nomenu.com, that's where it is. I have a link there to uh, two uh, lists of restaurants involving Christmas, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The Christmas Eve list has 50 restaurants on it. These are the ones I think are good. There are a bunch more. Some of them are you know, just not very important to the, the occasion. I mean, you're not going to go to a place like that in your, in your you know, underwear anyway. I think it's, we can separate the good ones from the not-so-good ones. But the, uh, uh, I also have another sp- different menu entirely, different uh, list of restaurants, and these are the ones that are going to be uh, open and good on Christmas Day. Christmas Day has always been a day when it's hard to find a restaurant, although it's, uh, it's a lot better than it used to be. I remember when I was a single guy, it's a long time ago, when I was a single guy, and before I ma- started making a whole lot of friends, largely through this radio show, uh, I would be looking for a place to eat on, on Christmas Day and find nothing. I mean, just it was nobody ate out on Christmas Day for a long time. It was thought of as something that people who were not quite uh, in control of themselves, or <laughs> you're just dull people. Uh, that's w- what you would find there. But, you know, all of that has changed. All of that is t- completely different. And so anyway, I have these two lists posted online you go to nomenu.com first, and then right up at the top of the page, there's a thing that says, click here to get the, the menu lists, the restaurant lists. And it'll tell you who's open and who's not open for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. In case you were wondering, people ask me about that right and left. You wouldn't believe the email I get on it. Well, anyway, uh, what we do around here is not talk about all this stuff, but uh, we talk about actual eating. And we would love to hear from you about that. Our telephone number is 260-6368, 260-6368. That is area code 504-260-6368. And no matter what it is that's on your mind, uh, I'm more than welcome, uh, whatever it is, and uh, we'll talk about it. Even if what we're talking about at the moment on the on the radio, even if... Uh, that sounds to you like uh, that leaves out what the kind of thing you would want to talk about. It absolutely does not. If you call me, I'm going to bring to a halt what we were already talking about, and then we'll shift right over to your topic without a, a seam in it. And uh, that's just the way we work all the time, so you don't have to feel like you've uh, gotten in our way or anything. We just we love having you here. You are a guest in our house, sort of. Uh, and in other ways, uh, you're really a very uh, important person. So uh, you all that going for you. And all it takes to unleash it is to call us here at 260-6368. And if you're looking for a, a restaurant for any of these uh, holidays, uh, or if you are, are wondering about how you should cook the prime rib, this is the one that we seem to be getting a lot of, a lot of uh, commentary about. Uh, prime rib, you can make it at home. You can probably make it as well as restaurants that serve it uh, are able to do. There are not many restaurants that serve it, though. This used to be a very, very popular dish around town. 
and uh, it was for a long time. But it's you have to to really look around to find any restaurants doing it. Some of the steakhouses, but not all of them. There are a few specialists, like the Rib Room at the Royal Orleans Hotel. They, uh, you know, obviously they've got it. Uh, and, uh, you know, more than a few places like that. Chef Andrea has always been proud of the fact that he has prime rib on his restaurant's menu. Uh, one of the reasons he does is that the job he had before he opened up his own place was, in fact, the the uh, rib room at the Royal Orleans Hotel that I, I just mentioned. So uh, he's got a lot of experience with that. Anyway, we'll talk about that, either one. Also, let me uh, reintroduce... A topic that came up two days ago, and then yesterday we took it back up again, but with a little twist to it. And today I would like to keep on going with it because uh, I felt like we were just on the verge of getting uh, quite a few phone calls on the subject. But l- let me let's start at the beginning. Uh, a couple of days ago, I had lunch at Commander's Palace. We were over there with our the guys who put together our website for us. We were doing some videos at Commander's Palace. And uh, after that was all finished, I sat down with Lally Brennan and T. Martin, but they are the two ladies that own Commander's Palace and the other restaurants associated with it. And uh, anyway, we went over there, and uh, we had dinner uh, for lunch. We had lunch, and we sat there for a long time talking about all kinds of stuff. And it occurred to me that the the lunch we had would have passed as a dinner. Uh, It was so elaborate and so interesting and so original and so good that it really stands up there. No big surprise to me. Commander's Palace is, as far as I'm concerned, the best restaurant in town and has been for quite a long time. Now, the funny thing about that is if you put forth somebody that says that I'm the best and everybody knows it, it, it's tempting to say, what? I mean, who says? Like... uh, you know, I went there once uh, 10 years ago, and it it wasn't really all that. I mean, it was just a restaurant, after all. And you know, we get all of that. So I ask this question. Somebody out there, call me and tell me that you don't really think that Commander's Palace deserves to be called the best restaurant in town. Maybe a few cranks might say that, but, uh, but you know, thinking people. Uh, and I said, okay, this is great. This is going to bring forth all the people who kind of feel that way. Didn't get a single call. Not, not for that, anyway. Not one person would disagree with the prospect that Commander's Palace is the best restaurant in, in the city. Now, that is different. In all the years we've been doing this program, that's 30, by the way, we, uh, I've never heard anybody respond that way to a challenge like that. Well, that was pretty interesting. But then I said, okay, let's take this the other way around, and I'll ask you this. The opposite of the Commander's Palace issue is, would you name some restaurants that to you are much, much better than their reputations would have you believe? So these would be underrated, un appreciated restaurants, places that are really great, everything about them. You just love the place. And then, uh, you know, sure, it's not real, real fancy and expensive and all of that. But you uh, you say, you know, this is really underrated. Uh, this is good. I'm always looking for restaurants like that because they're, 
they're better than brand new restaurants and uh, usually better than the, the restaurants that claim to be the hot shot stuff. So uh, my question is there again for you. Either one of those two, do you think that Commander's Palace is the best restaurant in town? If you, if you, if you do think it is, uh, you can call about that too. And then secondly, what restaurant to you would qualify as an unappreciated, underrated restaurant that's much better than its prices, than the the rumors about it would have you believe? So anyway, those are just two things that I, I would be very happy to hear from you about. But if you have something else you'd rather talk about and you don't really care about either of those items... Uh, Call me about what you do want to talk about. You are always welcome here no matter what it is you want to bring up. And the number is still no matter what it is you want to break up or bring up. It's 2606368. That's area code 504-260-6368. This has been a busy, busy week for me. You just have so much stuff going on. Uh, There's all sorts of... uh, Rehearsals. I'm in a couple of choruses around town, and we've been uh, rehearsing stuff. I think we're pretty close to the end of the season of actually pr- doing a performance of anything. This is the thing about uh, I've, I've, over the years. I've been into a lot of uh, in a lot of organizations that are of singers, and we just we do it for fun. You know, that's nobody gets any money for sure, but uh, it, it's all for fun, and. What's um, funny to me sometimes is that there are people always in these courses who take it so seriously that the fun aspect of it goes away. And if that happens, it's I don't get it. But uh, anyway, there's for, for uh, every one of those, I know about 20 people who, who just do it for the joy of it. I know I do. Uh, that's just a total side thing, showing you that we are uh, per- perfectly uh, equipped and just fine with the idea of getting off other matters of living well here in New Orleans, which we do. 2606368. Our program today is sponsored by, let's see here, Porter and Luke. Porter and Luke has, I don't know, I, I have this image of it, although I'm holding it in my hand and it doesn't look a thing like what I was about to say. But I have this image of it as being a clock. And what we do is we start over here in the, uh, about, let's see, this would be about 1 o'clock over here, and you get some appetizers there. You uh, Hot blue crab dip uh, served with uh, Louisiana crab meat and baked in a de- um, decadent, says here, Parmesan cream sauce with warm crostinis. That does sound good. Thir- as a matter of fact, I know it's good because I've had it more than a couple of times. Thirteen ninety-five they get for that. It's enough for at least two people. Tuna stack, that's another appetizer. Their shrimp rumelot is really good. That's only 12 bucks for a huge pile of it. Uh, they do hummus, of all things, but, uh, you know, they don't stick with, uh, you know, any uh, rules about this. And then we're up to 3 o'clock. Or, wait, wait, it's 9 o'clock because we're going counterclockwise. That's just the way this one is printed. At the top of a list of three soups, there's the turtle soup, which I think is one of the three or four best in the entire city. And I get it every time I go. And uh, they also have this gumbo and the soup du jour. The soups du jour have been just delicious. Every time I see one over there that catches my attention. 
I'll have the turtle soup first and then have the other one later. I mean, it's really that good. And then we keep on going around this clock, and we find a bunch of salads at about 4 o'clock. Oh, wait, once again, uh, let's, let's put this at uh, 8 o'clock. Shrimp and avocado salad, that's a good one. The wedge lettuce salad, a lot of people love that. Uh, the most unusual version of that, though, and this is really nice. It's a triple wedge in which they get three wedges of lettuce out of one head of lettuce. And on one of them is shrimp remoulade, just put right on top of the lettuce there. On uh, another one is uh, crab meat ravigot. That's what you do when you uh, make a mayonnaise sauce and you toss it lightly, just a little bit of a lot of big crab meat. That's good. And that brings us down to 6 o'clock at night where we find a bunch of poor boy sandwiches, all the ones that you love, and some really good French fries. And why don't we just put the fried chicken there? This has been one of their mainstay dishes since they opened the place up a few years ago. The fried chicken is made to order. They don't have it fried ahead of time. You order some of their fried chicken. They will go back there, season it up, put it in the fryer. As soon as it finishes being cooked in the fryer, they take it out. They bring it to your table, and it's hot, almost too hot to eat. Uh, Continuing one more uh, flank over here, uh, we have a whole bunch of Italian dishes ranging from your basic meatballs and spaghetti all the way up to uh, a really interesting dish over there called Eggplant Vincent. It's uh, filled with shrimp and crawfish when it's in season, and it's getting there, uh, along with a light buttercream sauce. They toss it with pasta. It's a lot of food for 18 bucks. It's interesting that the prices for entrees at Porter and Luke's are not in the 20s and 30s like they, like they are just about everywhere else. There, a lot of them if not maybe even a majority of them, are, are in the double digits, you know. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a great bargain, it's, and the food is terrific. Uh, it's Porter and Luke's. They are on, uh, on Metairie Road, 1517 Metairie Road to be exact. This is that shopping center that has Ace's Har- Ace Hardware in it. Uh, there's a, a Middle Eastern restaurant. There's a, a Mexican restaurant. Oh, excuse me, no Mexican restaurant. There's a, uh, a hamburger joint. And uh, a couple other places. But what you're looking for is the building that has the blue neon sign on the front. That is Porter and Luke. And we will come back with more of the food show in a moment. But first, if you will, this. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
Ah. Ah, it's Stevie Wonder's take on Christmas. I've never heard this song before. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. But it's, uh, that sure sounds like him, and that is a good sound almost by definition. As a matter of fact, it definitely is that. Stevie Wonder and Christmas. Thank you, Stevie. What a guy. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about food, about restaurants and cooking and all of that. Uh, this time of year, you know, we always throw in a couple of little sounds of, uh, of uh, the, the uh, season. And uh, sometimes we take it to an extreme. Tomorrow would be the day for that. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it or not, but we have a, a long-standing history around here. I, I would say it's at least 20 years we've been doing it. Of uh, right before Christmas, I get listeners to call in and sing a Christmas carol. And what I used to do is give them a cookbook if they, uh, if they did that. But I can't do it anymore because they won't let me. Uh, and it's, believe me, they have good reasons not to. The, the, the main one is that the, uh, the powers that be in the federal uh, control of radio and television and all that uh, – they're really, really stiff when it comes down to giving prizes away. And, boy, to avoid that is really tough, a little too tough for our little radio station. So we don't, we don't give away nothing anymore. I wish we could, though. But we, uh, we, I, I got rid of a lot of cookbooks that way, so, uh, that way. I get a lot of good cookbooks in the mail from people who uh, want me to push them a little bit. You know, but that's nice enough. I mean, why not? Uh, but I wind up at the end of the year, I have, uh, you know, a, a couple of boxes of these, uh, of these cookbooks. And if you have an idea of how I might just, you know, pass them around, let me know. Send me an email to tom at nomenu.com. In the meantime, we are talking about food, restaurants and cooking and wine and all of that. We, uh, my family, when I was growing up, when I was a little kid, my parents had this idea that I think is so brilliant that we have used it with our children, and our children have used it with their children. So we've got three generations going on in this. And the way it works is this. We say that these are the elves. The elves come in the middle of the night, and they find out where you have your stocking hanging on the wall or next to the Christmas tree or wherever you have it. And uh, and when you... Uh, when you go over there and you check it the next morning, first thing in the morning, as when I was a kid, as a matter of fact, and my kids and all, et cetera, et cetera, they'd wake up thrilled and they would go tearing down the hallway, uh, sometimes at five in the morning because they can't wait to see what's in it. And there'll always, always be something in there. And the way my parents did it was they would put these pretty much worthless little trinkets of various things. I remember in particular having this one plastic bear uh, that was hollow on the inside. And yet here I am uh, 60 years later, and I remember that bear as if I had just been given it this morning. So uh, I always thought that would make a, quite an impact on the next generation coming on, and it did. And then at some point I told him, hey, you know, it's about time that us ad adults get some of that. And uh, there was a comic strip in, t in the newspaper today. It was, uh, 
Blondie and Dagwood, you know, uh, and the, the, big, the big thing that Dagwood always wanted to put across is that the guy could eat as much as would be put in front of him, although he was skinny as a rail. Anyway, uh, that was his shtick, is just eating a lot. And his, the two kids, teenagers, I guess, they're trying to think of what they could give their dad, you know, and put in his stocking. And one of them said, well, how about a tray of gourmet food? And the mother says, well, you give him that all the time. And then Dagwood sticks his head in and says, yeah, well, there's a reason for that. He's you know, gonna, obviously going to eat it all. Uh, do you have any food things that you think is, are appropriate to little gifts? You know, like maybe people who work the same place you do and somebody has started on. What do they, what do they call There used to be a name for that. Probably still do have the same name. But what is, this is um, uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? There's, a, there's a, an expression for this where each person gets something in his stocking and, and gives something to somebody else. Is it uh, Chris Kringle? Chris Kringle. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Ronald. That's uh, <laughs> you've got to it much faster than I would ever have. <laughs> But anyway, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that doesn't take much, so it's not much of a compliment either. Uh, where where was I? Okay, yeah. Uh, my question is, do you uh, either get or give any food kind of things to people who have stockings around, or who, however it is, you get it to the other person? Um, this morning, my wife told me, "Hey, you maybe ought to look in your stocking today." So I went over, and sure enough, there were two little packages of two different kinds of flavored coffees. I'm not nuts about flavored coffees, but once in a while they're fun, you know, in the evening and you don't want anything too stiff. And these things tend to be a, a darker roast which has less caffeine in it. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, interesting flavors. The, the two that I had today, there were two of these little packs, good enough to make one pot of coffee each. Uh, one of them was a red velvet coffee. I have no idea what that's going to taste like. I guess something like red velvet cake. And the other one was a mint and chocolate coffee, which is kind of a natural. That's, you know, that sounds like that'll merge perfectly. Anyway, it's a great idea. Uh, we are now, as I say, up to th three generations of this wonderful little touch on Christmas uh, just get those those uh, stockings up on the wall and have some neat little things. Don't spend a lot of money on it. Just neat little things that will drive, the, especially the little kids. It will drive them crazy. They'll love it. Let's see. Uh, joining us over here is Bob. Bob, welcome to the Food Show. Hi, Tom. Uh, you, you mentioned that you had all these cookbooks that um, you were looking for a way maybe to yeah. express to them. Yeah. Um, I, I've got a good way for you. Uh, there's a All couple right. ways, actually. All right. Um, your e-clubs. Um, I, yeah. I think you could maybe use them as a gift. You know, if, yeah. you know, you know if you think about it, a lot of those people that go to your e-club, yeah. they're foodies, and they follow you and that kind of thing. I think they'd appreciate that. You could maybe do yeah. one like right after New Year's. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great idea. And uh, what's good about it is that there is no aspect of chance or, or, or some kind of you know, contest of any kind. Right. I'll just have a box of them there with uh, probably let them choose. Yeah, let, and, let and them say choose here, the they here's the box. Uh, see anything in there you want? Uh, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. The, that's then, that's then what a you great have idea. Left over, what you have left over, 
uh, I know you're you're um, a alumnus of uh, Jesuit, and then maybe and I think either Rumble or something like that. But maybe uh, you could donate that, that the rest of them, whatever you have left over, yeah. um, to their bazaar. And let them just yeah. offer enough until they can make a little money for the school, you know? So. I actually, I, I have been doing that uh, for for quite a while, at least whenever they ask me. Uh, yeah. And, um, and what I give them is my own cookbook, uh, mm-hmm. which, which has some value. In, and then if I autograph it, that adds a little more value to it, they tell me. And, uh, but... Um, yeah, that, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, but I like yeah, the one with yeah. our Eat Club dinners. The, yeah, pro- I mean, the, the, only, the, the only problem is, and there's always a problem with everything, isn't there, uh, is that we are so busy, and the restaurants are, too, at this time of year, that I, I can't get an Eat Club dinner going. The restaurants are too busy to do it. So, uh, But I'm going to try anyway. It's, I think that's a, that's a terrific idea. Yeah, I mean, just in, in maybe it's in the new year. Or, you know, the first one you do early in the year, you know, it's, yeah. it's a, little, a little surprise for for the people that, that go to them. Yeah, I know you have a lot of repeat people that do that. So yeah, I'll, I, I appreciate that. I will do that. That uh, it's not like we need a whole lot of help in fleshing out the number of people who come to our dinners, but uh, it's just a little something extra, a little lend. Yeah, 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 a little lend. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's not. It's not to get anybody to come. It's it's just to to say thank you. You know, we we know that you you love coming to these things, and and here's a little gift. Yeah, so. well, and thank you for calling. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, nice right. hearing from you. See ya. It's the food show. Yeah, yeah that, that, that could work. But then again, we're passing on our, our tradition of doing Christmas carols tomorrow, which we're going to be doing. I don't give you that as a warning. I'm just telling you it might happen. We don't take up the whole show with it. We're just, you know, here and there. Uh, we, this is still a program about eating and about cooking, and if you— uh, If you've got anything going on along those lines, uh, let me know. Here's what I have on my my list. Uh, My wife's sister, who has been hosting the Christmas dinner for for their family for a long time, and they invite everybody else who's connected with the two, which fortunately means me. And uh, uh, they always ask me to bring the same two things. Every year, I don't, don't mind doing it a bit, uh, I do a ham, uh, my root beer glazed ham, which everybody loves, especially the kids, strangely enough. The kids, I would think it would be a hard sell with the black part of the ham kind of really l- the main thing you see. And it's crunchy, and you, know, you would think that the kids would be scared away from it. They actually eat more of it than the adults do. So it's a big hit with them. And then I have a uh, a cheesecake that I make with satsumas, if I have satsumas available to me, or just uh, lemon, uh, excuse me, uh, orange peel and a little bit of orange juice, too. So there's this orange aspect to it, obviously. And uh, that's what they ask me to do. And then my wife comes along and tells me, well, how about a turkey, too? Why don't you go smoke one of your turkeys? And I don't mind doing that, but uh, the experience with it is we we always have too much food and usually by the amount held in one turkey. So I might do it, might not. But that's what I've got going on. What do you have? What are you cooking specially for the season? 260-6368. I'm doing my first turkey. You're doing your first turkey? Yes. What are you doing? Uh, can, they, can people hear you? Yeah. Okay. I am... 
going to try to follow my grandmother's recipe. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is my first time doing it since she passed. So. How does she How does she do it? Um, she bakes it. Bakes it in the oven. In the oven and puts uh-huh. the uh, onions, garlic, celery, and the whole nine. Makes a nice gravy. So I'm going to uh-huh. attempt. I'm well, not, I'm not going to say it's come out. I'm not going to say it's going to come out like hers, exactly like hers. But I'm going to attempt it. All right. Can I give you one? Uh, uh, one clue of something you might not think about, but maybe you did. Always, yeah. Okay. Um, I brine turkeys. And, and the reason I do mm-hmm. is that there's one huge problem with most turkeys, the way most people cook them, and that is that it dries out, especially in the breast meat part. Okay. This has to do with overcooking mostly, but it's the nature of the beast, too. White meats do not... Um, stay juicy they don't stay tender they tend to just dry up to the point where once my uh, my father-in-law mm-hmm. looking at one of these turkeys that had been really overcooked and and really really stiff uh said pausey uh what what are you using to to slice this with a chainsaw <laughs> it was, you almost feel like you need one to do that but what you do to brine a turkey is you make a solution of a cup of salt. I know that seems like an insane amount, but don't watch. Stop. Salt is so cheap that it doesn't matter. Right. Gallon of water, cup of salt, dissolve the salt in the water. Put the turkey in the water and then keep it cold. Either put it in the refrigerator or put it in an ice chest. So every cup of water you add salt, right? Uh, what well, you, you not believe me? You're not gonna unless you're doing a bunch of turkeys. Okay. It, it, it just uh, it's enough for for uh, certainly for one or two even. Okay. Okay. And then you uh, you let it sit in that overnight around eight hours total. Mm-hmm. Take it out the next morning. Dump the brine solution. Just get rid of it. Flush it down the toilet or wherever you want to put it. All right. And then um, come back. And rinse it very, very well in running cold water. And inside, outside, just you want to wash away all of that uh, salt water. Because what it does, it causes the natural, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the uh, little pieces out, out of which a turkey is made. And uh, it breaks up those proteins and allows them to have their own natural juices come loose, which usually happens during the cooking. And you get it out, and it looks great. The only difference is that it is um, very, very tender. And everybody will love it. It will not come out tasting salty if you rinse it very well. That's essential. And then you roast it however you were thinking of doing it. You can broil it. You can grill it. You can fry it, although I don't like the idea of frying turkeys at all. Or uh, do it the traditional way in the oven. Or, you know, one way that we have found to be really good is these uh, bags. You can put the whole turkey in, and then uh, you uh, there's a little bit of seasoning in there, and for some reason a tablespoon of flour. I don't know what that's there for at all. But... If you cook it like that, it I don't know why it comes out so good. Mm-hmm. All I know is that it does indeed come out really good with those. They used to be they used to put them in paper bags. Now they uh, Reynolds makes a special kind of plastic bag. It fits a turkey. I saw those in the store. I didn't I didn't it, know exactly what they were for. It sounds crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, but if you follow the instructions which are very simple. I mean really easy. 
uh, and put it in the oven, and it bakes inside that plastic uh, a bag, and it comes out great. I'm about to try it. So okay. uh, it's it's almost foolproof, and you're no fool. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the, I guess when I see you after, uh, I'll let you know after, how it turns out. After uh, our vacation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there you are. Thank you. It's the food show. That's Stephen is over here on the blue phone. Stephen, did I hear that right? Hey, how you doing? I'm the same old guy, you know. Good. For question, I recently have been eating bread and butter pickles every evening, and for some reason, I've been trying to lose weight, and I've for seen some me reason, losing weight. I'll tell you why you're doing it. You're you're doing it to be more svelte and uh, and better looking, right? Well, and, yeah, and healthier. But I, the question is, I don't know why the peanut butter, other than the vinegar, they, there's something that if you if you drink vinegar or something, it helps you to lose weight. Anyway, uh, my my question is, at the end of those, in, end of the jar that I buy commercially, yeah, if I would take uh, English cucumbers. And make my own and boil in the broth that the that I got from McCormick or whoever it was made the, the bread and butter pickles. Uh-huh. Would that work? Do you think? Could I reuse uh, that brine? The, the the brine you have there will be very much uh, diluted from what it it originally came in. Uh, so you'd have to take that under account. And and vinegar is cheap as dirt. So yeah. why try to save money taking it out of the jar? You're not going to have enough anyway, so you can, you're going to wind up getting some more. Just go get some more uh, vinegar. Yeah, but I sort of like the taste of these bread and butter, oh, well, well, the then, way they're seasoned. Well, put that in there, too. But uh, if you're yeah. looking for it to tenderize it or to uh, really take an overwhelming flavor increase, it's uh, not going to be easy. So take the original brine and add vinegar to it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would use, for something like that, I would use cider vinegar. Okay. Everybody's got different ideas about that. But that's the one I think is good for things like what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me know how it comes out. Okay, thanks. Thank you. See you. It's the Food Show. This is Tom Fitzmaurice, 260-6368, Our program today is sponsored by the Maple Street Cafe. I have their menu here for what they are doing uh, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I had the whole menu right here, but where did it go? This pile is too big. Oh, here we go. I got it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the the Pelican, excuse me, the, uh, uh, the the restaurant is, it's there all the time. This is the reason we bring it up, because I think it's good to have in your list of restaurants that you go to commonly to, uh, to have one or two of them in there that are open most of the time. The, uh, the uh, Maple Street Cafe is open all the time. The only day I know of that they take off is on Labor Day, and I'm not sure I understand what the logic is behind that, but I don't need to know. Anyway, what they have on Christmas Eve uh, and Christmas Day and New Year's Eve, 
Let's see. Well, I'm just, yeah. They don't say anything about New Year's Day. They might be taking a day off of that. That is a kind of a slow bit day, believe it or not. All right. Anyway, they start you off with their corn and crab soup, which is just great. They have a, a salad that is now, you see this everywhere you go, but when they first started doing it, they were about the only ones. It's a spring mix salad. It's all these little salads that are very uh, tender and thin leaves and uh, very elegant. I, I, from the moment I had it, I liked it. Then things start getting really interesting. Prime rib. This is the number one selling uh, entree on the uh, holiday menu over at uh, the uh, over at the Maple Street Cafe. Uh, prime rib, uh, done however you like it, and uh, good beef, very tender, good gravy, the whole thing. Sautéed redfish with crab meat is another choice you have. Oyster stuffed pork chops. That's one of my favorite dishes over there. That's a good, good dish. Works out perfectly for, uh, for Christmas or Christmas Eve. Uh, oyster, uh, duck jamil. This, I think, is the best dish in the whole restaurant. It's a, a, a whole chicken. I'm sorry, whole, a whole duck. Obviously, it better be made with duck if it's called duck jamil. But anyhow... It's uh, uh, covered with uh, some uh, pepper, cracked pepper, and they serve it with a glaze made with figs. And the flavor of all of that put together, you have a little sweet heat going on there, and you also have this fruity sweet flavor that goes so well with ducks or any, pretty much all the dark birds out there. Angel hair ziad. This is a, a lighter dish, kind of in an Italian mold, but not with the tomato sauce, but with olive oil and garlic and uh, to some sun-dried tomatoes and a few other things, and some golf shrimp, too. Veal dinner. That's another veal uh, dish that you would get along Italian lines. The price for this entire meal is four courses, $35 for adults. It's... Uh, $17 for kids 12 and under, and it's served all day on uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's Eve at the Maple Street Cafe, 7623 Maple Street. That's about midway between Broadway and Carrollton, and uh, they are very pleasant. This is not a real fancy restaurant, but it's nice enough to feel like you've been to a, a good, uh, uh, consistent place as you have. And the prices are very affordable all up and down the whole menu. The Maple Street Cafe. We will come back with more of the food show after first please this. little more Christmas music here, just a little, just to get us in the feeling of the season.
Would you believe David Bowie and Bing Crosby together? Did they perform together, or were these two records put into one another? They do every now and then. That's, I'm not sure about that. I'm not either, but the, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you could have two artists that are farther apart than two those those two guys, and they're both real good. That didn't sound bad at all. You never know what's going to work, do you? You just you just yeah you never do. Well, uh, here's what I know: uh, everything I've ever tried uh, has failed. <laughs> on this, I accept that in this one moment we do, in fact, have somebody on hold, and it's Paul. Paul, welcome to the food show. Hey, Tom, how you doing today? Doing great. Come on in. Hey, uh, thanks. Um, now Rogers is a big uh, record or music promoter and uh, manager. Who? If he's got two, Nile Rogers. Oh, uh huh. If he's got, um, uh, he puts a lot of his uh, talent together and makes things like that with David Bowie. Oh. So it's well, that, if if it sounds good, it is good. That's all I care about. Yeah, it's a pleasure hearing it. Yeah, um, that's that's, that's a quote from. Uh, 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 oh gosh, never mind. I, I forget. Yeah, it's it, famous, it but I can't. Wine. Yeah, yeah. It, it applies to wine too. So. <laughs> The best wine's the one you like. Anyway, yeah. uh, your cookbook, where's it available? Everywhere. Now, Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not in town, so. Oh, okay. Then uh, you could buy it from Amazon is one place that's kind of like the, I, I'm going to, yeah. I, I would say something more except my son works for Amazon, so I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, Amazon but works if, for me. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they certainly have it there. And if you go to any bookstore that's got any substance whatsoever, and you say, I'd like to, to get you to order this book for me. Oh, sure. And they will get it for you within a few days. Uh, and that's even some very small bookstores will do that. The name of the book is Tom Fitzmorris's New Orleans Food. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. And In I its like third? doing business with the local bookstores. Huh? What? I like doing business with the local bookstores. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, we've got a bunch of them. Yeah. Well, I'm up in West Michigan, so oh, um, they, things are pretty sparse around here. But uh, I, yeah, uh, anyway, are, are you anywhere um, near Beaver Island? Uh, no, pretty far south of that. We talked okay. before about the yeah. Badger. My uncle was a captain of. Oh, that's ship. right. Yeah, the, uh, the the ship that go that went across Lake Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I used to carry train cars, and now it's just passenger cars and semis. But yeah. um, and people do. So anyway, um, a couple days ago, you guys were talking about oysters and. Uh, with getting them in their liquid, you know, and uh, and the requirements of shucked oysters having to be washed, and uh-huh. yeah, a lot of people aren't happy with that. So um, what I used to do, Charlie's is closed now, but Charlie's Seafood in uh, uh, Harahan, I would you go in and order them. Uh, now wait a minute, three. I don't know when's the last time you looked, but I was there about a month and a half ago, and they were still very much open. Oh well, maybe they're back open again. Uh, I think uh, I think it is a new batch of owners. Uh, okay, they, they've had about three or four in the last five years. I know, and yeah. there was that one guy that came in from uptown and brought a quite a yeah, following with him. Frank Brightson, uh, yeah, he uh, but he had uh, problems with the landlord. That's what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. He, he had a good run while it ran. My, my He's great. close friend was a my close friend was a waitress for him, and uh, she loved it. That was one of her best gigs she ever had. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, what I would do with Charlie's is um, order them on the half shell, and then uh-huh. just get a to go get a to go container, dump them right off the shell in, in the container, and you get the liquor that way. Well, there you go. Uh, that would yeah. certainly get the job done. 
Yeah, it does. And then, yeah. you know, nobody's got to worry about laws or anything else like that. That's right. Um, one, quick, one quick question on Turkey. I found yeah. when, uh, when I was brining them that yeah. they came out tough. And, and I, I don't know what I was doing wrong to make that happen. I don't either. Uh, the only thing I can think of, and this is the biggest problem that people have had with this, is that when you are ready to put it in the oven, rinse it when, in cold right. running water and make sure it is thoroughly rinsed or else Repeatedly. that might – yeah, I, I mean, once it's in the oven, it's in the oven. But uh, you don't want it, this salt-loaded thing to be in the oven. You want to rinse all that salt water off. It has done its job. Right. Uh, and, and always the first thing I think about when somebody tells me something is tough, I think overcooking. It's almost right. always the problem, and it's something that a lot of people have. And because we're afraid, you know, it's like, gosh, I wonder with if poultry, it's what with poultry. It's so easy for us to want to overcook it for fear. Yeah. You know, of yeah. All yeah. Yeah. Don't go nuts over that. Hey, I, uh, I have gotten to the end of this hour. Boyles, I'd talk to you endlessly, but uh, call us again sometime. All right. All right, thanks, Tom. On FM, on HD, on Skywave, and online. This is 105.3 FM HD2, Kenner, New Orleans. Stay tuned. More of the food show coming. Thank you.